In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The disciples are tired. They have just returned from their first mission trip, and they have much to tell Jesus about their adventures. Jesus also would have been tired, emotionally, having just learned of John the Baptist's beheading. And he surely has much to say to the disciples as well. And so he invites them on a retreat, sort of vacation, into the wilderness to a lonely place to rest. And yet word got out of their destination, and as they came ashore, over 5,000 people were there in the wilderness waiting on Jesus. If every member of this church and then some uh, were waiting on me when I reached the destination of what I perceived to be my much-needed vacation, uh, I don't know that I would have reacted quite like Jesus did. Uh, But Mark tells us something spectacular. In fact, it is something that should lift our hearts with awe and wonder at the character of God, the heart of God for sinners. Mark tells us that when Jesus saw them, he had compassion on them, for they were like sheep without a shepherd. Sheep without a shepherd. It's a stirring image, and Mark's original audience would have known that it is an image laden with Old Testament meaning. Moses had prayed that God would appoint a leader for the people in the wilderness so that they would not be like sheep without a shepherd. Many generations after that, the prophet Micaiah had prophesied to the faithless king Ahab that under his leadership the people were like sheep without a shepherd. Several prophets use this phrase, and without fail, it refers to the people of God living aimlessly under a void of spiritual leadership. And so as Jesus came ashore, he, uh, and he saw these people, people who had run on foot all the way around the Sea of Galilee to get where he was going, He had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Now, the consistent way in which uh, this phrase is used throughout the Scriptures tells us something. It tells us that we were created to have a shepherd. Now, to some, it it might sound like freedom to have no shepherd, uh, to go it alone, to to make our own way, to live by our own rules. Sheep without shepherds tend to walk off cliffs or get eaten by wolves. I've known many, you may have too, uh, who insisted on and reveled in their so-called freedom only to discover later that they were actually deeply in bondage. They were sheep without their shepherd. But it's not only brazen rebellion that leads us to this. Sometimes we, we just simply look up 
find ourselves in the wilderness, alone and in the dark. It's a terrible illness in the family. It's a divorce. It's a financial crisis, a loss of a loved one. We get to the middle season of our lives and we have no answer for what it all means and why any of it really matters. When we lose our moorings, when we lose the things that give us a sense of our identity, it's easy to feel like the shepherd has left us. But it's not the shepherd who wanders in times like these, it's the sheep. I can tell you that this phrase, that they were uh, like sheep without a shepherd, in the attending sense of wilderness lostness, helplessness, ineffectiveness, that it all strikes closest to home for me in my roles as a husband and a father. No other role that I have in my life gives me more joy or satisfaction than being a husband and a father. But at the same time, these are also the roles where I find it uh, the easiest to fail. And the easiest to end up in uh, frustration, and exasperation, and anger. And the easiest to fall short, dreadfully short of my own expectations, let alone the expectations that I see for myself in Scripture. And in this very public and I'm sure shocking revelation that our family is not perfect. Uh, let me say that these feelings of being uh, like a sheep without a shepherd uh, almost never are because Amy and the kids are hard and difficult. They may be, but that's not where the feelings come from. Not Amy, of course. But uh, the feelings come from the fact that I am hard and difficult. I do what I don't want to do, and I don't do what I want to do. Now, it may be something else for you, but that's, that's what it is for me right now. But whatever it is, I, I think we all know what it is to feel like we just don't have the tools in the toolbox for the task at hand. And to wonder where the heck our shepherd is. And at least for me, perhaps for you as well, that when I get to feeling like that, my reaction is almost never to run back to the shepherd, but to bear down and to push through, to try harder, to do it myself when the steam's just... just history just tells me every time I do this, that it's only going to end in, in further frustration. I think this is actually the very essence of what it means to be a sheep without a shepherd. Prone to wander, Lord I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. It's usually not the big, sexy, ball of fire sins that that get us those ways that we want are easy to spot. But if you're like me, you're a sheep without a shepherd, especially in the subtle, mundane details of our day-to-day life, in the reactions, in the creative but 
imperceptible ways that we rebelliously serve ourselves without even asking if we are serving the Lord or acting according to His will. We're sheep without a shepherd. When Jesus stepped out of the boat and saw 5,000 or so people that were spoiling his vacation retreat, he saw 5,000 different ways to be a sheep without a shepherd. 5,000 ways to avoid the spiritual leadership of the Lord and His Scriptures. And yet He didn't send them away and say, come back when I'm on duty. And He didn't tell them indignantly that they need to straighten up and fly right. She can't fly anyway. Mark tells us rather that He had compassion on them. The word translated compassion literally means that He was moved in His guts. Or as one scholar put it, uh, to be so inwardly moved as to have to do something about it. And in all the New Testament, this word is only ever used of Jesus. Or in parables of characters that represent Jesus. It's warmer. It's more loving, more piercing. It's more active than the way that we normally think about compassion. It's not just simply kindness or empathy. It's very much like the heart, uh, of, a, the heart of emotion that a parent would have for a wayward or, or self-destructive child, only, only much deeper, much more eternal. And it is this compassion that He has as He looks at you and as He looks at me as we wander from the sheepfold of His goodwill. And so, my friend, if you are lost, if you're in the dark, if you're on the edge of a cliff, or if the wolves are cornering you in, Jesus is moved in His guts for you. Charles Spurgeon once said, Whatever thy present grief may be, Jesus feels for thee. Jesus is our good shepherd. And he is always on duty. And he lays down his life for his sheep. It is this same compassion for the wayward that we see here that drove him to the cross. To be our substitute, to take our sins, our waywardness upon Himself, and to trade us, give us instead His righteousness. And not only just to treat us as, as if we weren't wandering sheep, but to save us from our own wandering hearts and to bring us with compassion, with that piercing, active, gut-wrenching love into His own loving care for all eternity. Because He loves you. Because He's the Good Shepherd. The King of love, my shepherd, is whose goodness faileth never. I nothing lack if I am His and He is mine forever. 
perverse and foolish. Oft I strayed, but yet in love He sought me. And on His shoulder gently laid, and home rejoicing brought me. When I look up and feel alone like a sheep without a shepherd, whether as a husband or a father or anything else, I know that it is I who have wandered and not Jesus, the Good Shepherd. But I also know that the Good Shepherd goes after the wayward with compassion, with death and resurrection for our restoration. Because in His great love, He created us to be His forever. Whatever that present grief may be, Jesus feels for thee. Amen.